Welcome to Canthropod, the Cambridge Anthropology podcast. This is episode five, Singing Love into Somaliland by Christina Woolner. These are the sounds of Hargeisa, the capital of the self-declared, though yet unrecognized, Republic of Somaliland. Car horns blare as their drivers jostle with pedestrians and livestock for passage down the city's busy streets. Distinctive sirens alert tours to an imminent delivery, fresh from Ethiopia. The five daily Idan echo from the city's many mosques, calling the faithful to prayer. And although not always immediately audible in the hustle and bustle of city life, one need not listen far to hear the continuing importance of poetry and song to the everyday fabric of this nation of poets. Teenagers huddle around smartphones in restaurants to listen to the latest hits of local pop stars Hiriga Hageska or the Stars of the Horn. Security guards listen to Karami, old love songs, on radios clipped to their belts as they inspect cars at checkpoints. Men chewing in majilis hum along to the enchanting melodies played on the oud, a stringed instrument similar to a lute. My name is Christina Woolner, and I'm a PhD candidate in social anthropology at the University of Cambridge. I'm midway through a year and a half of fieldwork in Hargeisa, where I'm researching the social and political lives of love songs. That is, I'm interested in the way that the creation, performance, and reception of love songs might offer us an alternative perspective on everyday life in contemporary Hargeisa. In this podcast, I visit Hiro Dawer, a cultural restaurant and Somaliland's only live music venue. Opened in 2014, Hirodawar is the first music establishment to operate in Somaliland since the 1988 civil war turned Hargeisa and its national theatre to rubble. Although since declaring independence in 1991, Somaliland has managed to maintain an impressive level of stability, so great were the effects of the war that many have lamented the death of Somali's artistic soul. Given this context, I set out to Hirodawar, which roughly translates as take care of heritage, curious to explore what it means to sing, and particularly what it means to sing about love. I began by sitting down with the venue's founder and principal singer, Sarah Halgen, whose voice you hear now. In our conversation, she shared with me about her artistic and political background, her decision to open Hiro Dawer, her thoughts on the role of music in contemporary Hargeisa, and the meanings of love in these songs. This is what Sarah had to say. I started my career from an early age. I have a strong artistic family background. My maternal grandfather, Niman Hilak, was a singer. Singing is hereditary. It's a gene. It's something in my blood. I was one of the first women who sang for the SNM, the Somali National Movement. In Gedeble, a town north of Hargeisa, I sang as Siad's fighter jets were bombarding the population fleeing the war, including artists. 
I stayed with the injured in order to care for them. When we ran out of medications, I would sing so to soothe, to ease the pain. And sometimes I would sing songs to encourage the men to fight or to tell the people to support the struggle, like this one. Once we reached the Ethiopian territory, Radio Hagen, which means struggle, played the songs I'd recorded in Gedeble. But I was not a familiar name, so the radio management team decided to associate my name with that of Radio Hagen. Eventually, Sarah Hagen became a household name. After we liberated the country from the Siad regime, a power struggle and armed clashes broke out between the two main factions of the SNM. Although I was the only woman who sang at the 1991 Barao conference during which we reclaimed our independence, this new conflict may be disappointed. I lost hope and I decided to leave. I worked with some artists in France for a long time. We recorded two albums and went on a world tour. Everywhere we went, people presented their tradition and culture, including their musical production. So I said to myself, if one day I should go back home, I would love to create a site where my tradition and culture would be on display for others to see what Somalis have accomplished. Plus, I was tired of working for others, and also realized that Somali artists had no place to call home anymore. Their national theater was destroyed and then sold to some businessmen. The Waberi Band Apartments, which had been built for artists with no homes, had been occupied by other people. People's reception to Hirodawa has generally been positive. We're displaying what's unique about Somali culture, and people appreciate that. But I ran into some obstacles when we first opened. Some people came to me and told me that I should not put together this artistic site because it is haram and goes against Islamic principles. However, I told them that I liberated this land with my oud, so I have every right to practice my art. I would leave if they keep bothering me, but I would not vanish without a fight. We want to create a different musical environment. New music is one machine, one person. I'm not criticizing young artists, but I'm saying they did not get the chance to learn musical instruments, or they were not exposed to musical compositions or musicians. However, me, I grew up with the Oud, particularly near Abdinasim Alin Aidid. Songs of that period transcend time and space, while today's tunes are quickly forgotten. They don't last more than a month and don't have the same meaning. People today are nostalgic and want to relive the era where there was a national theater and people respected artists, because artists were composing highly sophisticated plays and songs in step with the people's lived experiences. 
At Hidu Dawar, we naturally play the musical production of the era before the Civil War. I can say that Hidu Dawar has become a therapeutic center. That's why the audience participation section takes more than one hour sometimes. It's therapy for the people who sing, because the individual goes into a nostalgic reminiscence. By searching for an old song, the person goes back to a particular place and situation. It's like perfume. There were these two perfumes, one man show and call me. When I use them, they remind me of so many things. Even the youngsters, they go to the internet and listen to the songs. They hear the songs here from me or Abdi Nasser, then they go home and learn the songs so they can sing. These songs transcend time and space. They are in our genes. The songs we sing at Hidu Dawar are all love songs. There are a few reasons for this. First, it's simple. Historically, among us Somalis, when a man wants to court a girl, he cannot say, I love you. It's shameful. But if he sends a song, she can understand his feelings. Or it might be a dialogue, or even a confrontation between men and women. Men reject women, and women reply by explaining their love or clarifying any misunderstandings. Sometimes the songs are political, but wrapped in love metaphors, especially songs from the time of the Siad Bari dictatorship. But today these songs aren't seen as political productions. Love is the only thing that binds people together with no animosity. We live in the most restive, conflict-ridden region. Killings and divisive political games dominate media coverage across the Somali territories. People need a break from it. In these songs, they can hear alternative sentiments to factious messages. When you see how consumed people become with things like clan and tribalism, it is good to shift and tell them something different. So I sing songs like this. After our conversation, Sahra gives me a tour of the venue. She shows me the large map and flag of Somaliland that greet visitors at the entrance, the smaller music hall named after Mohamed Moge, a popular singer of the 60s and 70s, and the larger hall named after her grandfather. Both halls are decorated with traditional textiles and woven mats, which Sahra proudly tells me are the handiwork of women. The traditional nomadic huts, which populate the rest of the property and where patrons can enjoy meals of locally sourced lahoh, shuro, and camel meat, were also all built by women. Part of Sarah's vision here, after all, includes showcasing not only Somaliland's musical heritage, but the cultural know-how of generations gone by. Knowledge and skills, like the music played here, whose transmission has been indelibly disrupted by war. 
Yet Hirodawa is most definitely not a museum, nor is it only a place for those of Sahra's generation to nostalgically return to earlier, happier times. It's the city's busiest entertainment venue, as popular among youth as it is among Sahra's peers and elders. Curious to understand the appeal of Hirodawa to youth, I sat down with a group of 20-something-year-old friends. I asked them to tell me about why they like to come to Hirodawa and how they relate to love songs written many decades before they were born. Hirodawa, every weekend, is a place that you get music, you are inside the culture. There is a positive energy everywhere. Mm-hmm. So nowhere to be negative or angry mm-hmm. or sad. Even if you are sad, you will go to Hidadora, you will be happy. It's a special place that everybody can get relaxation. Mostly the people, they come in there at the weekend to get relief for the, the pressure of the work. The person might be a family problem, might be a youth who do not have a work, or might be some of his friends immigrate to other world and then he just feel lonely. So if that person go to there, just forget all <laughs> Previously, there were theater, cinema, somewhere that you can go when you need a fun. When you walk heavy, you need to have a somewhere that you can have fun. Uh, hit the door is the theater, Hargeisa now. It's the only place that you can go to have fun. Hit the door, is it different from the other restaurant? Do you find mm-hmm. so many cultural music life mm-hmm. and which makes you be in a positive mood? Mm-hmm. It feels like you're a different world. You, when you listen to the music, when you listen to the rhythm of the what's called is it makes you feel like unique that you have your own Somali culture, you have your own Somali food. That's why I love mm-hmm. Hit the door. Yeah, some people they come together in there for dating. They just dating a girl. I cannot go with her home. There are small places that people they come together in order to dating. And so hit the door is the best one because you are just coming together and you are listening for that music and you you are just sharing your stories and everything that's just about your love and they also there are small huts in, yeah. in the place and so if you when you are just listening the music you can go on and, and then you are sitting together in there and you, okay. you, you just get it together in a traditional house <laughs> that's a different use for those houses yeah. <laughs> in our culture love be prohibited this is why the love songs was unprohibited. The one who wrote the lyrics, we were talking about the love mm-hmm. rather than to go to the person and say that he loves you. So it was a way of expression. They say like we are believing love mm-hmm. inside the music itself. When I'm listening to the old love songs, they have a different meaning. The songs makes you to listen to it. While you're not trying to listen, I have to sit down and maybe listen to mom or dad or, or your friend. Mm-hmm. It tells you a story or it makes you feel like so it is mean is love. And when a person falls in love with mm-hmm. and how they feel about it, that's why a people right now they, they still love to listen to the old person songs.
when you are just trying to listen for this new song, is the words not make a huge meaning that mm -hmm. touches your mm -hmm. heart. But that all songs you can get a proverbs how the traditional Somali society are arranged in everything, whether it get married, everything of the life. Mostly the Somali they were not write anything at all before, so they are just recorded that stories in songs. And mm -hmm. then you, when you are just listening, you feel how the things were. So the better all days that. The Somali people were living. You mm -hmm. just remember it at that time, mm -hmm. and then you you compare the situation in this new decades, mm -hmm. and then you think about where we are just going in the future. And the feeling itself when you hear that music, mm -hmm. it changes you. There's sometimes you hear like there is an old music, and you feel like oh this feeling I had it today, and the music the song itself talking about that feeling. Mm -hmm. So the, the old music is still had connection mm -hmm. with your soul because there is a linkage between the old music with your life today. Mm -hmm. you, you you think oh my God they are talking about something that could happen today, mm -hmm. and you hear it that they was just advise you mm -hmm. before it happened today mm -hmm. to take care. I feel many things when I'm listening to old love songs. Sometimes I remember my old days, the love that I had, my best days. And sometimes, if it's a sad song, I remember a failed love that happened before and I am sad. But other times, when I'm listening to love songs, I imagine for the future, the songs help me to imagine my love future. Whenever you go there, and just you listening for that music. By the time the music is almost finished, you just feel that you are better. When the person get that food and listening the wood, I, I believe that the person is better. Me, I believe in music. The music is my healing sometimes. It heals me. So music is something that makes me to be every day I'm a positive person. Mm -hmm. It's Thursday evening, and I'm on my way to Hirodawa with some friends. We pull past the uniformed guards who check cars at the entrance, find a parking spot, make our way through a second security check, pay for our tickets, and are shown to our table. The hall is dimly lit, the stage illuminated by lights shaped like charcoal incense burners painted in patriotic red, green, and white. Groups of men and women file to their tables, joking with each other as they find their seats. Furtive eyes glance around to see who's arrived with whom and who's wearing what. Colorful silk scarves slip off of carefully coiffed, though usually unseen, hair to rest on Dirac-clad shoulders. The anticipatory hum of the crowd swells as the artists take to the stage. And then the music begins. Over the course of this evening and others, half a dozen musicians share the stage. Artists famous in the 1980s like Saha, Abdinasim Alim, Karone, 
Ali Ga'al and Abakor Bulo take turns at the mic, oud, and drums, and are periodically joined by younger voices, including Abdinasser's own daughter, Dexan. My table mates enthusiastically scribble down song titles for me and describe the stories behind the songs. In one song, the male singer croons for his beloved who has migrated abroad, expressing his wish to be a bird so he can fly across the ocean to join her. In another, a man compares the search for a good woman to the wait for a camel to produce milk after a long drought. Under the guise of a love song, one song cautions French colonial officers in Djibouti for pursuing Somali women, while in another, Safra prays to Allah to silence the people who object to her love for a specific man. Women who empathize with the emotion in Safra's voice join her on stage, showing solidarity by showering her with Somaliland shillings. By the end of the first half, nearly a dozen women are dancing in a circle around her as she voices the unsayable sentiments of untold numbers of victims of love. As the musicians take a break, Sahra weaves through the audience with a large orange microphone, soliciting audience members to tell jokes or sing songs. While many hide from the mic, others also enthusiastically volunteer. As my friend explains, this is the place where you can get feelings and emotions about love off your chest. By singing, you can be cured from love's illness, or impress the girl you're trying to woo. As the musicians retake the stage for the second half, and late evening fades to night, I'm taken by Abdinasser's Oud to the question with which I began. What does it mean to sing, and particularly about love, in Somaliland today? Is this music born of nostalgia for a time before war? Is it, for Sarah at least, about staking a claim to this land that she fought for, a means of recarving out a space for artists in a setting where their voices are disparaged by some of the powers that be as un-Islamic? Is it a way to pass along otherwise unwritten knowledge to a new generation, to repair ways of being disrupted by war? Or, as in times gone by, to conceal sensitive political messages? Or is it a kind of collective catharsis that allows people to transcend, for an evening at least, the viz of politics, the stress of the work week, or individual love woes? A salve for today's wounds, whatever they may be, just as it was for the wounded SNM fighters Sarah sang for? Or is it about creating a space where people are allowed to freely feel, to say things about love they might not otherwise be able to say, to reflect on their own relationships, to imagine different love futures? Or is it perhaps all of these things? As one Somali proverb says, each person takes it to the place where the pain burns. A good poet, after all, abides by the rule, usar ha usafi. Don't open the wound, just scratch the surface. Give the audience hints, but make them think and come to their own conclusions. In other words, let the people find the meaning themselves. I've been